Father, it seems that we as a sinful people are prone to focus on policing the world rather than policing our own hearts, our own families, and our own churches. May we focus on these things while keeping your son first in all things. May he have the preeminence so that we could see this world changed for your honor and for your glory once again. May we truly make Jesus great again, starting with us, Lord, starting with your church, starting with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, what makes anyone think that Christians can police the world when they cannot even police their own churches? They can't even police their own hearts. They can't even police their own souls. What makes you think that we as a people called Christians are going to change the world if we can't change these very basic elements that God calls us to change? We're called to repentance. Not just one prayer in our life, one single hocus-pocus prayer that we said when we was a child and then we forgot about it, but a, a daily prayer and a daily walk with the Lord and a daily repentance where we're evaluating our lives and seeing what are we doing to add to the chaos and the evil in this world by our own sin and our own actions and our own lack of repentance. Robbie F. on True Soso says, that's just the point, isn't it? If the world was truly filled with Christians, it wouldn't need policing, would it? Everyone should be looking out for their brethren rather than trying to take advantage of them. My fellow Christians, we must police ourselves in the word like no other time in history. These days are dark. You and I know it. If we're ever going to think about policing this world, let alone this country that I live in called America. And this morning, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to do exactly that in this live gospel episode entitled Word Police number 142. We're going to look to the Word of God. Because we have failed as a people and we have failed as a nation to police ourselves by this very word, this very word of truth. Our churches have failed. Our families have failed to police ourselves with the word of God. And now America has become a laughing stock, even to the third world, who is now embracing the gospel, the very gospel that we have rejected. There are revivals that are, that are occurring right now in South America and in Africa, while America turns its back upon the Lord. Even the president of El Salvador knows we are being destroyed from within. He just posted a tweet, this president of El Salvador, on March 19, 2022. He says, the most powerful country in the world is falling so fast that it makes you rethink what are the real reasons. He says, something so big and powerful can't be destroyed so quickly unless the enemy comes from within. 
And he was replying to a Bloomberg opinion that says inflation stings most if you earn less than 300000 Here's how to deal. Take the bus. Don't buy in bulk. Try lentils instead of meat. Nobody said this would be fun. It's not going to be fun, my friends. The Antichrist have taken over this sinking ship called the USA. And the irony is that this president is a president of a country called El Salvador, which means the savior. So what does this tell me? I don't think anything's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that I came across this tweet today. I don't even know who this president is. But yet, for some reason, this the Lord crossed my path with a tweet from March from this very man. So our country may want to repent. Our country may want to call upon the Savior, Jesus Christ, soon. Because God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked, my friends. And we know that Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and in haughty spirit before a fall. We read about America throughout our reading today. And all I know is this, is that national restoration never occurs without repentance. Think about it, my friends. If we are not personally restored to God without repentance, without turning to Jesus Christ, what makes you think that a nation can be restored without the same? You think it's going to be restored by failed legislation after failed legislation after failed legislation? No, it's going to be restored through the word of God that never fails. Never fails, my friend. And this is why I say that we must get to this Christ first movement, which is a kingdom movement. That Christian America, those who call themselves Christians in this country, must embrace today with repentance and a humble heart and a humble attitude. Will we ever see in God we trust as a nation again? Maybe on our dollar bill, but is it in our hearts? 2 Corinthians 7.14 If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. But before you ever begin to understand anything that is antichrist, you must first understand who the Christ is. And this only comes through humbling ourselves before Almighty God and receiving his free gift of faith. What is Antichrist? 1 John 2.18 says, Little children, it is the last time. And as have you heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. 1 John 2.22, who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. 1 John 4.3, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, where have you heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. 
Second John 1, 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. The word of God tells us who the antichrists are. But instead of humbling ourselves before Almighty God, understanding who Christ is, we're blinded to that which is antichrist. We're apathetic. As we do not pray, as we do not open the Bible. When's the last time you read the Bible, my friend? When's the last time that you walked and you talked with the Lord? But instead of repentance and marking these antichrists, we are celebrating them. And in some cases, idolizing them while thrusting them into political office. I came across a bill summary that was introduced to the House by Wasserman Schultz, who was the first female Jewish congressperson from Florida, according to her Wikipedia page. And the resolution reads, This resolution calls on elected officials, faith leaders, and civil society leaders to condemn anti-Semitism in all forms. It also calls for renewed efforts to combat anti-Semitism domestically, globally, and online. Okay, congressman, congresswoman, what is anti-Semitism? And let me guess, I suppose you define it. The same person and people who are trying to legislate abortion up to full term. So if I'm against abortion up to full term, according to your definition of anti-Semitism, because it's your sacrament, am I an anti-Semite now? Then you have the audacity to mandate that I, as a Christian faith leader, preach your subjective definition and condemn all who oppose your antichrist legislation under penalty of law. It's audacity and it's antichrist, and I'm not bowing to it. Jesus Christ is our only hope, and if Jesus Christ is our only hope, as the churches preach him to be and believe, do you expect these type of submissions to these antichrists? Going, do you expect them to bring us closer to hope? Let alone restoration to this nation and peace of our people? No. Instead, it's these types of negotiations and concessions they have brought us to our reading today in Isaiah chapter 47, verses 8 through 9. And here we see America right now, my friends, as the Antichrist are destroying us. They're destroying our people. They're destroying our Christian lands and our churches with their Antichrist legislation. Verses 8 9. Therefore, hear now this thou that art given to pleasures that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thy heart, I am, and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children. And widowhood, they shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thy enchantments. All I see is America in this passage. As we continue to read verse 10 and 11, For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, thou hast said, None seeth me. 
thy wisdom and thy knowledge that hath perverted thee, and thou hast said in thy heart, I am and none else beside me, therefore shall evil come upon thee, thou shalt not know from whence it riseth. And mischief shall fall upon thee, thou shalt not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Do you know the God that I know? I don't think many do. Because they seem to believe that he's just the old man upstairs who is a pushover and a blow-off. Not my God, my friends. And all I'm trying to tell you today is that these types of compromises with the world and with this antichrist leadership of this world that causes the church to fall in all kinds of sexual debauchery and promiscuity that should be not once named among the saints. We read in 1 Corinthians 7, 2, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Any sex outside of this design that God has stated in his word is fornication at the very least to include porn. Notice in this verse that a man finds a woman and a woman finds a man. The biological sort that is. No wonder they want gender confusion. It's the way that God has made us in the womb. You want to know what a real pandemic is in this country today? It's divorce, my friends. Divorce. They want to destroy the family, the mother, the father, and the children that God has designed. That is the strength of our nation. And then you wonder why our churches are in turmoil. You wonder why our nation's in turmoil. You wonder why we're putting Antichrist in political office and idolizing them. 1 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11, Unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife Divorce is a pandemic in this country. And then some say, well, Andrew, I'm divorced, so what do I do now? Well, if reconciliation is not possible, and we know that all things are possible with the Lord, but if it's not possible, go and sin no more. Don't make excuses for your sin and allow your past sin to beat you up. Beat you up to the point that you say, why bother? I failed in my marriage, so I'm just going to shack up now with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or I'm going to dabble in homosexuality. Or I'm going to commit myself to fans only and porn so that I don't have any physical commitments anymore. Because I, I failed in the past one. This is what the Antichrist teach. This is not what the Word of God teach, teaches. And I preach to you the Word of God today. This is the hope for our nation. John 8, 11, she said, No man, Lord. And, and Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. 
woman who was taken in adultery, a woman who was married five times and was living, shacking up with a man. But they had a confrontation with the Lord. And the Lord told these women, go, go and sin no more. He didn't beat them up with their past. They didn't go on and make excuses for more sin. They repented. And their newfound faith with the Lord. And this is repentance, my friends. And this is freedom. Freedom. Freedom from this world and the chains that continually seek to destroy us in our testimonies in Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, I am free in Christ. I'm free. 1 Corinthians 7.22 For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. I am a freeman. Likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. I serve Christ and not man. And people are tired of this service unto men. People are tired of subjective truth. From the mainstream media. People want objective truth. And I'm here to tell you it's only found in the word of God. People are tired of all the hypocrisy in so-called Christian churches. All I know is this my friends. Is I cannot preach in open rebellion and sin against the Lord. How can a man sleep with another woman other than his wife? Or how can he even worse go sleep with another man and to get behind a pulpit in America or anywhere in this world and attempt to preach the gospel? It's blasphemy. Blasphemy. Verse 13 to 14. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so at the Lord ordained they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. We have more religious actors preaching today than actual preachers of repentance. And I seek to be that preacher who lives a life of repentance. Otherwise, I'm just going to shut up. You're not going to see me on social media. You're not going to see me on TikTok. You're not going to see me nowhere preaching the gospel. I'd rather die than to bring shame unto the name of Christ, as so many are. As so many who bear these religious titles even call themselves apostles. We'll get to that here in a second. By the way, this passage that I just read about being holy and about religious actors preaching today, it was censored on True Social. It went to a black hole, because probably because it said sleeping with other women or something like I don't know why, but True Social is censoring. All I know, True Social, you're policing the wrong word. That's all I know. You're policing the wrong word. When the word should be policing true social. And that's what I was doing. And you threw my post in a black hole. And that's why Gab.com is my headquarters. Andrew Torba is a sold out man for Christ. He's not censoring the word of God. Speaking of signs and symptoms of the evil in this world. I saw a post yesterday on Disclosed TV. 
and it's a pride festival in Grand Canaria. The title reads from a daily.co.uk. Grand Canaria Pride Festival investigated as monkeypox spreader event. So I look at these degenerates, these antichrists in their behavior, just half naked or fully naked, running around, kissing each other, feeling up each other, doing all kinds of sexual debauchery. And then I think, are these the signs and symptoms of the monkeypox? This craziness, this foolishness that points the middle finger at God. Peter Crosby. And Gab says, gay pride, pedophilia, sexual debauchery are the signs. He says the symptoms, gay pride, pedophilia, sexual debauchery. Oh, and money, lots of money. (laughs) All I have to say, my friends, is humble yourselves before Almighty God, or you will play the humility rituals before the Antichrist. You'll play the humility rituals before the Antichrist or humble yourself before Almighty God. There's only two choices. There is no middle ground. And believe me, your 401ks are going to be the least of your worries when all of this is over if we do not humble ourselves before Almighty God. Someone had messaged Andrew Torba and he posted it on Gab. This person said, hello, sir, as a fellow follower of Christ, I respect everything you're doing and appreciate all your efforts. On a serious note, do you have any resources that would recommend as it relates to savings and what to do with cash in the bank? He says, I do have retirement accounts in place, but I also have a cash and and the banks terrify me. So I read these types of posts and people are worried about their money. And I suppose it can bring a certain level of anxiety, but this is the only advice that I can give you. And that's found from the, from the Lord himself in Matthew 6, 19, 20. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. I'm not sure if you noticed or not. But just before this digital coin crash, about... I'll say for about six months or so, these cash apps, these cash apps from on these major financial institutions, they were shilling digital coins throughout these cash apps, building up to this, this fall of this digital coin. Makes you wonder, huh, what they're doing. They pumped it out to the mainstream. Give us your money. Put it into these digital coins. And and what did these same institutions do? They took the money because they're thieves. They're thieves. Why are we giving our money to thieves? Then we complain, oh, I can't give anything to the fatherless or the widow. But I can give my money to the thieves. God help us. God help us. Yet to get bigger bank that is not associated with the kingdom bank. There are those who hijack religious names and the giving of the church. 
erroneously, foolishly, all for a name and a billboard with apostles so-and-so written all over it. Can you believe that people have the audacity to hijack such a name as an apostle? Are you kidding me? 1 Corinthians 9, 1-2, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not you my work in the Lord? If be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of my apostleship are you and the Lord. Paul was a true apostle. What made him an apostle? Well, he spoke to the Lord face to face. He walked with him when... The Lord had approached him on the road to Damascus as a a bright light. And he was chosen to establish the New Testament in writing. So if you do not meet that criteria, you're not an apostle. There is no going to be no apostles today. They have come. They have gone. The New Testament is complete. All I know is this. You can keep your religious titles. Call yourself whatever you want. You can keep them all and you can just call me Andrew. Because either I do what I'm called to do, and that is to preach the gospel, or I do not. And there's no title that is required. 1 Corinthians 9.16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. None of this will ever depend on monetary support. I thank you that are listening. Some of you have supported this kingdom work and labor within the last year or so. And my week does consist of this work. It's something that I'm, I feel blessed and honored to be able to do. But I've been preaching the gospel for 29 years. With 28 of those years not receiving a penny. 918, 1 Corinthians, what is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel to, of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. So I'm glad, I'm thankful for those who partner with the gospel, and that's what I get excited about. Some of you have subscribed to my gospel.com account, and what I get mostly excited about is that, wow, someone's listening, someone wants to be in the fight with me. Even if it's just a 99 cent subscription on Acre, I see it coming across and I'm like, man, that person wants to partner with me. That's the way I see it. But guess what? If you think that any of that support is a puppet string, I'll tell you where you can shove it, where the S-U-N, capital S-O-N, and S-U-N do not shine. I will gladly preach the gospel for zero money. God has got me where I'm at today without one penny from the church. And he'll take me to my grave if that's the case. So be it. Listen, my friends, I am free. I can't tell you how much I'm free. There's no greater than the freedom in Jesus Christ that I have. And when you are free from men, you have the opportunity to serve men in a much greater way. That's what I look to do with my life. 
I don't know how many days that I have left. All I know is that my days are dedicated to Christ and his people and to see the souls saved. I'm looking forward to our gospel road trip that's coming up here in June with Lynn and I. I'm looking forward to the people that we're going to meet along the way. So how can you be so free? Well, friend, because I know that I I gained it all and I lost it all when Jesus Christ saved me. This gives me the ability to preach minus the fear of men. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say that's contrary to the will of God. Well, that's that's in, of the Antichrist spirit. My only prayer is that you repent and you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Deplorable Brock on Gab says, My father sees your fruit. My father knows your needs. My father is the great provider. Keep boldly preaching the truth, Andrew. Your lessons are sometimes the only word of God I hear in a day. Thank you. That's awesome, my brother. I'm glad that I can relate to you and others on the gospel level. And I'm glad that rapport has been established by the spirit of the living God. And we know that part of establishing this rapport with people is to be able to share the gospel on common ground and speak to them in understandable terms. Verses 20 through 22, same chapter, 1 Corinthians 9, And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. And I made all things to all men that I might be all, that by all means save some. Here we see Paul relating to people on common ground. Now these understandable terms does not include sin. This does not mean that Paul said, oh yeah, let's party up, party it up, smoke it up so that I can win you to Christ. No. He, he said he became as a Jew. In other words, he approached them from what they understood and they understood the law. So he, he showed them Christ through the law and how Christ fulfilled the law. Now, someone else, uh, the barbarian, may not understand the law. So for me to preach the law or to introduce the law to the barbarian, he's just going to be scratching his head looking at me. Funny. So I must come to the grounds that the barbarian understands to be able to share the gospel with him. If I go to the ghetto, I'm going to speak to them on common grounds. Not from the grounds of some high, rich place that they do not understand. But through the struggles of life, the struggles of poor, the struggles of what it means to be laid on a bill. And to have to go out there and to work hard. So I'm going to talk to them about, I'm going to address them on the common grounds of work. What it means to be in the trenches of this life understandable terms, not terms of sin. And then someone tells me today, teach, do not preach. They say, teach, do not preach. When anybody says that, I already know who does not read the Bible. 
1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Preaching is powerful. Big John on TikTok in the comment section says, be a Christ supremacist. He also says, never negotiate with demons. This type of preaching is foolishness to the lost, to those who do not know Christ. They just scroll on. They do not understand it. And as I preach, it is my prayer to teach by faithful discipline of preaching, the discipline of preaching and living the word of God without hypocrisy. And then if I do sin, being transparent enough to confess my sins and to repent of those same sins. All I know is this, my friends, the mark of a disciple. A mark of a disciple is discipline. How can you be a disciple if you do not have any discipline in Christ? If you cannot discipline yourself to pray, to to read the Bible, to repent of your sins. How can you be a disciple of Jesus Christ, but yet you want to put apostle on your name? Verses 26 through 27, 1 Corinthians 9, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the ear, but I keep under my body and bring it in unto subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Do you see that, my friend? Castaway. I just don't think that many understand the judgment of God. I don't think that they take his judgment seriously, let alone preach it. We read in Isaiah 47 today, in verse 3, Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. Here we see the almighty power of almighty God, my friend. He will not meet us as the Son of Man, the Lamb of God, who was meek and kind and gracious He's coming with vengeance and fire for all those who have disobeyed the gospel that I preach unto you today, which is not my gospel, but is the gospel that has been written by true apostles of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit and inspiration of the spirit of the living God. In verse 4 of this same chapter, as for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. And you are either from Israel or you are not. A faithful Israel who knows the love and wrath of Almighty God and not only knows it, but respects it. Respects it, my friends. Do you not want to be respected by your friends and your family and your co-workers, how much more does Almighty God deserve our love, our adoration and respect? Salvation. It's only found in the Holy One of Israel, my friends. Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is our hope and peace. He alone is going to restore this country through his word. Let the word police 
this country because the jab father and Q and the repugnance, they're not going to do it for you. Why are you looking to them? Because the Democrats are going to laugh you all the way to hell if you trust in them. Trust in them in their political enchantments that tell you what you want to hear and perform magic tricks for the things that you want to see. Isaiah 47, 12 through 14, Stand now with thy enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit. If so, be thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. When these things come, is the jab father in Q going to save you? They can't even save an election, let alone save your soul, my friends. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them and they shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm it, nor fire to sit before it. Yeah, my friends, I'm sorry, but the people do not take the judgment of the Lord seriously. Verse 2 through 4. In Numbers 25 today, and they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. When's the last time you heard that in Sunday school? I don't think that we take the judgment of the Lord very seriously at all. Only Jesus Christ. The Son of God can save us from the wrath that is to come. Isaiah 47, 15, Thus shall they be unto thee with whom thou hast labored, even thy merchants from thy youth. They shall wander every one to his quarter. None shall save thee. Not the jab father, not Q, not the repugnance, not the democrats. There's not a political savior on this planet that's going to save you from the wrath to come without Jesus Christ. And then you say, well, Andrew, why do you preach judgment so much? Why do you preach the judgment of God? Well, because the Bible preaches it a whole lot. I'm just reading. You know how many scripture passages we cover today that address God's judgment? Why? Because the word of God takes his judgment seriously. And so do I. Verse 7 through 9, And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly, so the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand. Now do you understand why capital punishment was so strict in these biblical times? America is a great example of this wrath to come if we do not repent. America is a great example of there being no justice in the land. Justice that the men of God here in the book of Numbers sought to restore 
Verses 11 through 13, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, have turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake among them, that I consume not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Wherefore say, behold, I give unto them my covenant of peace. Do you want peace, my friend? Surrender to the Lord. You're not going to be able to fight against him. You may throw up your middle finger at him now in rebellion, but guess what? He sees that middle finger and he's about to break them off. Mark those words down. He's about to break the middle fingers, the middle finger of America off. Wherefore say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace. And he shall have it and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement for the children of Israel. Are you zealous for Christ? And if you're not zealous for Christ, you're zealous for the Antichrist. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's golfing, fishing, hunting, video games. If those things consume your time and your thoughts and do not point you to Jesus Christ, guess what? You're a servant of Antichrist and you will be judged. Listen, my friends, the good news is this. The right doesn't care about you. The left surely does not care about you, but the Lord does care about you. And this is why he warns us. And this is why judgment is shown and preached throughout the Bible. And this is why faithful men and stewards and servants of Christ ought to preach the judgment of God. Because it's the word of God. You read in Psalms 142 today, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Looked on my right hand and there was no man that would care for my soul. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul, said the psalmist. But then what did he do? He cried unto the Lord. He says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Do you want to know why I am a free man? Because I call out to the Lord. I cry out to the Lord knowing no man cares for my soul like the Lord does. And anybody who does care for my soul is because of the Lord. And I care for your soul, my friend. If we have crossed paths, if we have developed a relationship, if we have talked to one another, it's because of Jesus Christ that we have met. And I care for the brethren because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. I'll close with this thought. We do not learn these things that I preached to you today from the legislators of our land, from the antichrists of this world. We learn these things from the word. And it's this word that ought to police our souls. And if we police our souls, then our land will be policed with justice, hope, and peace. Psalm 142, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him, I showed 
before him my trouble, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me, no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.